0: Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers Podcast, my name's Cromwell Duff and I'll be your host as always. Joining me tonight all the way for the big smoke, Mason Stewart. Mason, welcome back, Uh, do you have a nice Christmas mate?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Uh, great Christmas, um, really nice. Three points on Boxing Day helped, um, but yeah, it was really good. The only disappointing thing we've got no no games now to look forward to to the 18th. So, uh, but but you know, it was a good time with the family and um, looking to the looking forward to the new year.
0: Good man, good man, and we've got another gallant few debut tonight. Um, made his, uh, his debut on the board, uh, Chris Paul. Chris, thanks for coming on. Uh, tell the lads a little bit. Yeah.
2: Cheers Colin thanks very much for um inviting me on. i um, I so um, 33 from uh, Greenock and i Um been following Rangers since probably I was about 4 or 5. Um birth probably to be honest but um 4 or 5 first game at Ibrox was Alloa. Um, Scottish Cup uh, 1994 95 season. They beat them 6-0. Um Alan McCoist with a hat trick so that was my my first game, and, and followed sort of, you know, most of, most of my kind of childhood went to different games and stuff, um. And as I get into sort of teenage years and and a bit older, obviously started going with your mates, your friends, family or whatever, um. Been following home away and in, in in Europe for for then really, um. One of the founders of the um, Greenup Britannia Rangers Supporters Club, so, um, that's our tour bus. Um doing in Brooklyn. Um so I it's um, it, it pretty much like everybody else that's probably listening to us. Um it's a way of life, isn't it? It's following Rangers and supporting Rangers. So uh if if there's one thing I can talk about all day, it's Glasgow Rangers Football Club. So looking forward to being part of the being part of the podcast and, and talking about things today with Rangers.
0: Happy days and brilliant to have you on as well. And another official Rangers there as well. Good to see you bringing the, the boys up in the in the right way.
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, my actually had my, my youngest, he's only two, but because my missus had to go Christmas shopping, I actually had to take my youngest along to the Dundee United game just before Christmas, so he's actually been to Ibrooks already, but uh, my oldest, uh, he's 12 and he's sort of away his home away. Europe, if he if we can, he's he's came to Porto away and stuff, so uh, he, follows his, um, he follows alongside me in the footsteps, which is great.
0: Good man, good man. Maybe once he gets any sight in the or third year, he'll be on this podcast as well. <laughs> Watch
2: <his gasps> my, <space? eye>. my, <laughs> <eye>. my So, <laughs> this should have been a,
0: a football packed podcast. We uh, should have had Hunters to talk about where the initial December fixtures, but the new restrictions have made good work at that. Thankfully, we did get. Um, one game in um, Rangers 2 0 win over us and Marin. So we'll talk about that before we get into the old men shouting at clouds F- SPFL bashing. Um Mason probably you first. Um you know with with the line up we, we went with a pretty strong forward thinking line up. Um I don't want it to sound as if I'm saying this behind sight, but going into this game there was nothing any worries and we made made good work of that, didn't we?
1: Yeah, it was a uh, very routine uh, keeping a zero, as Van Bronckhorst likes to say. Um, but no, it was it was it was comfortable. I think it was just a case of them games of just getting the first goal. Once we get the first goal, it's a case of of our many. Um, but it was it was very controlled. Um, and we could have saved today 25 shots on top, uh, on goal, so we, it could have been a lot more. But um, I've, one thing I've noticed about Van Broncos is the games are very, very controlled. Instead of going to get three, four and five, he's quite content in just in in, in keeping a clean sheet. So, um, no, some good performances um, and uh, another clean sheet and another three points.
0: Chris, Mason makes a good point there about um, just getting the three points and being comfortable. Um, it's a bit of a hard one because uh, the wee boy football fan in you, when you're 2-0 up early on or whatever, you want to go and pummel teams 7-8-9. Um, you, you want the high-scoring games, but for a manager, you want to preserve the preserve the energy, you know, just do the bare minimum, I suppose, and get over the line.
2: Yeah. No, I agree, and I think one of the words that you used there, Mason, was controlled, um, and I think that's pretty much what we've saw under Gio, um, since he's came in. I think he's made some subtle tweaks to the team, some subtle tweaks to the formation. I think, um, against St. Mirren, we saw Tavernier playing a wee bit inside, sort of full back inverted, um, and I think that, that created chances for us. So I'm quite enjoying watching how Gio's sort of trying to, you know, make make those changes to benefit us. But the the most important thing, as you say, is keeping a zero, as Gio keeps talking about. And, you know, it's obviously something that, that he's big on. Um, And I think, I mean, it, we obviously made made jokes about it in, in my friendship group anyway, about letting teams just have that first goal under Gerard towards the end, you know, because that's the way it was. It was like give them that goal so we can start um, and we actually made a joke about it before the Ross County game at Ibrox not knowing that it was actually going to happen as well so I think I've been impressed without a doubt in terms of how he's been able to steady that very quickly um, well, obviously the Hibs game the, the game at Hamden which we don't want to talk about too much but you know we were atrocious that day and from to come in and do what he's done is unbelievable um, and keeping the clean sheets as we know it's going to win his games you know it was crucial for his last year um and, and the league as, as we went towards it in games like you know Boxing Day against St Man you know it's you just need to do what you need to do as you say Mason taking that I think when you get that first goal I was I was quite confident we would go on and maybe get maybe get a couple more um, if you're going to have a slight criticism it might be trying to go for three or four but see at the end of the day one and two and a hands you know it's ideal so I'm happy with that and St Mirren as we saw on the Wednesday night um, against them they're stuffy you know, and they can be difficult to break down. So, not overall, I was quite happy with it. And again, I was quite happy with, with, with you know, seeing Scott Wright coming on and doing well. I think he'll do well under because It's a bit of a different system. So, so far, so good. And we go into the, uh, go into the winter break looking good.
0: Just that man, there, Scott Wright, then um it's as good a point as any talks about him. Um, Mason, I'll come to you first. Um, Scott Wright, it's a bit of a weird one for me because I, I think he's... Well, that those badge of potential there and he's still very much as a prospect. I do see him featuring in the first team. So it's it Billy like and Parsons' <clears> good <throat> enough to uh, be in the first team and he's on there in merit, but he's gonna go a lot further. Um I was delighted to see him get that start. Um I think way Geo's system, Geo really likes wide wide wingers, in, instead of this like inverted tens or whatever Jenna just to call it. Um so I think it'll be game time for him there. Um, great to see him pop up with a goal as well.
1: Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought he had a really good game um, Saturday. I've, I've since Van have coming, I've really wanted to see Bright play just because you say because we play with high and wide proper wingers, um, something we never done under Gerard. So uh, I was a bit surprised actually when we signed him for that reason because watched him uh, against us for, for Aberdeen and I he is a proper winger. And then when we signed him, I thought, why is. You know why? Why are we getting a player that that we don't play like that? So I was a bit um bit surprised. I think he's, he's he's got to really kick on now. I think um we're going to come to talk about transfers a bit later, but I would like to see us go and buy a, a right winger. Um, but look, it's a great chance for Scott Wright. I thought he done really well when he came on against Dundee United. Um, week before, um, he, he probably changed the game for us. Uh, because I thought he would give us uh, something that Kent weren't doing on the day. Um, but. Um, no, Scott Wright's got to got to hold down that that place and at least and fight for it. Um, one thing I've not been a fan of is Hadi playing there because I just he's not a winger. Um, um, so yeah, Scott Scott Wright's got to got a kick on.
0: i and I think Van uh, Bronckhorst must know that about Hadi, where um, he's not got. The- He's not got the pace to play out wide, like, especially in that formation, and he just doesn't look comfortable. He even Hadji's uh, press conference a few weeks ago, it was almost like, it wasn't much yet a hint, it was labouring the point, It's just like, oh, he's he's won a shot in the, in the inside, in the number 10 role, but it's just unfortunate for him that um, when they stand out to season, Joe Aribo is winning that number 10 role, but I think, um, you know, it's, it may actually help Hadji in a way if we do get somebody who can go into that wide right. So we've got right Cala potentially a uh, somebody coming in in January. Um, we'll get to that later, but it might just let Hadji focus on being one of the number ten options. Um, whether that's coming off for a Abel or when we're resting them or even pushing rebo for for his place. I
2: just on the the Hadji bit. Can I come, can I come in there on the Haji bit? Go for it. Um. I think we we right what what right's problem is, and I agree with you, missed One Hundred Percent. When we signed them, I was thinking it doesn't fit way what we play because we're always, you know, nine times out of ten, um, at, in Scotland we're playing against that block. But obviously, where you're not getting the space in behind, and I think that's probably what what Jordan's Jones issue was, amongst maybe other issues as well. But I think, you know, it just wasn't fitting for him in terms of the system. And I always felt right, he had different parts to his game that he could bring in. I think we're obviously seeing that now. So I'm hopeful um, that, that he can take it on because, as you say, he changed the game against Indy United and obviously had a really good game there. It's just about hopefully trying to kick on. But I think under Gio's system, where if we are going to start seeing the full-backs a wee bit more inverted as well, it's going to open up a space naturally for a winger. So I'm looking forward to seeing how how Wright fits in the system, but... Certainly, if I was Scott Wright, I would be feeling a lot better under Gio than I was under Gerard. although Gerrard signed him. I think he's certainly going to be feeling that he's going to get more game time because it certainly looks like that for, for the stands anyway. But so far, so good. And and, and on the point of Hadji, aye, Hadji. He get the many match on the United game. I've got no idea how we got that. Um, but out wide right, it just doesn't work for him. But as we saw, as you say, and and that wee hole in the middle, he's, he's he's dangerous and he can create chances. So aye um looking forward to seeing to seeing right, as I say, in, in that winger room
0: So right, made the one no up. Um good we <laughs> managed to get the, the second ball um at the corner. Um a bit a scrappy goal, but they all count. Um, Alfredo Morelos made it 2 0 up um, in the first half as well, so I, I really like this goal, Mason. Um, good ball into Bonabasic. In Morelos gets in the end there, and um, the keeper saves it, but it's just not quite like the, the goal against Dundee a few weeks ago, but Morelos is just sharp on it, gets the rebound. But it, in terms of comparing it to the Dundee goal, um, it was just determined to get there and he's just bull- bulldozing
1: on that ball yeah he was um, <clears throat> he was our best best player for me I know we mentioned right he had a really good game but I thought Morelos was he could have had he could have had being critical he could have had three or four um, but one thing I, I think last time I was on the pod I said Morelos needs to it was after the hearts game I said Morelos needs to kick on and find find the level and to be honest with you I think he's getting he's, he, I think it's a little bit left, but he's getting there um, and yeah he's just so determined to score score the goal but what a ball from Barisic that's something we haven't seen from him actually the last probably think uh, geo has come in I think he's been a lot better but I think the whole team has um, but Baris, Barisic once he gets a yard of space he's, he's the best at uh, that It's a great ball and um, good good save to be fair from Anwick but uh, Morelos he smashes it in um, and then and then it's game over um, but no I've been really really impressed with Morelos under Van Broncos and his stats uh, speak for himself since he's come in
2: I think he's I agree I think he's been brilliant like just in terms of he's just a different player like it just looks totally different I think he's maybe been asked to play a a different role to be honest but um, even looking at him um and it's sometimes hard to see it when you're actually at the games, but I think looking at the pictures for the weekend, uh, for the Boxing Day game, sorry, um he looks trimmer as well. He looks sharper. You know, he just it looks as if he's lost a wee bit. Um which uh, hopefully he's not put on over Christmas, but hopefully he's you know, he looks sharper and he looks he looks fitter and I think he's he's been asked. I think Gio made that quite clear actually. He will play as a striker, he will be your striker. Um, and I think that's pretty obvious for what we've saw um, and he, he absolutely smashed that ball in the back of the net didn't he he could, he could have tapped it in but he, he got the frustration out and as you say his numbers for, for Gio's come in has been great and, and I, I was kind of touching on this with um, one of my mates and I was saying you know if we're going to get the, the sort of third of the season where Morelos is unbelievable from now till the end of March it's a leak you know wrapped up yeah. because if we can get that off him which we know he's got it in a locker to provide it and deliver it if he does that, then it's it's game over for everybody because he really he really is he makes points he can he can win your games and stuff. So I it's been good to see the the wee fella because he's obviously a fan's favourite, you know, and he's got a lot of people. Fans are right behind him, um, but, but he was well out of shape the first half of the season and he was miles after um, miles after, but he's 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 done well to turn that around and. Hopefully, you know, that's, that's a sign of things to come as well. I think it probably helps that, that Gio, Roy McKay, and that can speak obviously fluent Spanish. I think that would probably it would probably help with him as well. So, no, so far so good with, with Morelos and, and hopefully he keeps going.
0: We, you, what you mentioned there about Morelos being miles off, for me, it wasn't just physically, I think. Um, it's a double-edged sword when Alfie's no feeling it, he's not feeling up to it, he's fucking woeful and he's biggest enigma ever but when you get him in the right frame of mind everything else falls in so I dare say getting him in the right frame of mind gets his fits and stuff and gets his determination and gets his performance levels and Gio's managed to find that it might have just been as you say Alfie always has this tremendous third of a season it might have just been fall in, the, in November December this time around or maybe something Geo's done either way I'm all for it um but he's, you he can tell he's game for it, and he's uh, that—that's the Mureros we love. Um, when when he falls away for that, and he's just kind about of picking his ass and waiting for half time, he don't turn. his horrible. That's when it um, can be very frustrating, just because you know when he's on his game, how much he can give to the team.
1: Yeah, just on that, though, <clears throat> we'll pick out Mureros because I think he's the easy one, and I agree with everything you both said there. But I think the whole, te- well, yeah, the whole team's been yeah. like that. You look at McGregor now as well, and I think. It was um, the double. The double save was it? Was it? I can't remember if it was Hearts or well, it might have been the Dundee game uh, after that. But he were not making them saves before. As you said, we were conceding the first goal, so I think it goes through the, the whole team. I think, um, I think, it, I think. Looking at it now, I think Gio coming in, it's, it's 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 a new voice, fresh ideas, and I think it's helped everyone. Um, and I, I don't think if Gerard was was still here in December, we win every game. I just the well, way we were playing, I didn't I didn't see that happening.
0: I think um, I think ninety nine percent of Rangers fans could see the first third of the season that something something had to spark in this team, something had to re-energise it. And I, for one, I like, I compared it to last season where I thought it was going to be the Motherwell game or like, a single game where a good performance was in. Turns out it was a change of manager. Um, something as drastic as that, but it's happened anyway. And uh, you're right, Mason. We found that spark and. The big thing is now it just continues on to the end of the season. Well, in the second half, and I don't think we'll go through every um single chance because Mason, as you said, we had about 25 shots on goal. Um I think, t- think David Paul touched on uh, on last week's pod that you know it's good to see we're creating these chances um, again. Um i will come to you for this. Uh, is it uh, you know, I suppose there's two, two ways of looking at it. Yes, we are creating the chances, but we're not taking them as of yet. Or is it just good that we're creating the chances again? We're starting to get the goals and this flurry of goals will, will start coming.
2: Aye, I think, you know, I think we need to be relatively patient with the fact that it's a new manager and a new setup. Um I think there is obviously subtle tweaks that he's making. Um, and I think, you know, although I'm not a fan of getting into the winter break early, I, I do think... That that will give Gigo a good opportunity to work on the players in terms of the movement. He's actually been speaking about that. I think just after the um, Superman game about you know looking at different ways of playing and different ways of breaking down teams playing against different shapes. So I think we'll we'll, pro- we'll probably be able to judge it better. Even probably need to wait till next season uh, you know fully. But I think it's good we're getting into positions. We're we're creating chances. I think under under Gerard and and listen, I was um, disappointed. Obviously when Gerard left, I'm not going to say I wasn't. But um, I think under Gerrard it definitely became a wee bit stale and predictable um, and sort of one-paced um, whereas now I think that th- there's definitely more chances being created from different areas um, and I think that's that's um, the, the, the big bit I think that we need to take from that you touched on that Mason about McGregor he's playing the one-keeper all the time now and I think that's massively important You know, so that's, that's going to be better for, for keeping the clean sheet um, and McGregor's saves have been unbelievable but you know, if we're taking two chances, then, and we're not conceding. We're going to win, you know. But I think it's looking good. I think that in terms of moving forward, I think we've got different options. You've obviously got Sakala as well, who's who's a different option coming on. Um, and you touched on Arebo, um, unbelievable. You know, his his goal at Hearts was <laughs> unbelievable as well. So I think, aye, I think it's just about you know, being patient with the team obviously moving forward. I think if my day loss is getting into that being a form that we say he's going to you've got to remember as well, Kent just came back to the team recently as well. Um so there's you know there's key players that are just sort of finding their feet again after probably struggling for the first part of the season. So I'm not overly concerned about, you know, the the amount of goals um because I think that but well, that will that will be dealt with as we as we move forward. We've got enough players there They've got enough in the lock and I think that they can do that. And then particularly if we start making tweaks and changes to the to the team, like as I, as I said, with Tavernier on Saturday, he had a few chances on the Boxing Day game, sorry. Um, he had a few chances just by changing positions. So, no, I'm, I'm not worried about it. And I think that's something that Geo will definitely be working on over the winter break and making sure that we've been a bit more clinical with our chances because it could have been five or six against St. Mernet, if we're going to be honest.
0: Well, so speaking about this infamous winter break, um, Mason, I, I know you're based down south, and you, you will still watch uh, tentatively up here for Rangers. But in case you don't know, we do things after up here um, when it comes to organising football, which um, is how we run our game. Um, it's a very self loathing country up here, uh, Bonnie Scotland. So, uh, the winter break in general comes um, about four weeks before the worst part of winter comes. Um, makes total sense. But um decision was made with the Scottish Government to only allow 500 <coughs> fans into the football games. And the SPFL went to the board uh, sorry went to the member clubs and they took a 22 vote that we should bring forward the winter break. So What's your thoughts on that? Um, as both a Rangers fan and a, uh, an Englishman looking in,
1: um, well, obviously, as a Rangers, at least gutted because we, we're playing as we've just gone through the pick through the, the game there, every, everyone's hitting form at the right time, so we're going away to probably arguably the two toughest away games in really good shape. Uh, we haven't got too many injuries, um, we, we, we everyone's not fit as you keep reading in the media that we're you know, with everyone's fit, we have still got a few players out, um, but we're going. I had no doubt that we would have gone there fans or no fans that we'd have gone and got six points. Um, and I think that for us is the most frustrating thing. Um, whereas the other side of the city are are struggling with injuries and, um, COVID outbreak and, and it's just the timing for me stinks a little bit. I've got to be honest. Um, but I just can't understand, as you said, like down here, um, everyone's, everyone's, all my mates have said, I'm I'm based in Essex, a place in Essex where everyone's West Ham and, um, my fiance and her family and my mates are all West Ham and they're all they, they was all at um, the London Stadium on Boxing Day um, before they left, you know, I'm talking to them and they're watching uh, the Saint Mir- uh, the Saint Johnston game on Sky against uh, against them, and 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 uh, you know there was no one there. So they're saying, "What's happening? Was st- Why is there a stadium shut?" And you know, we're all going and and and, and there's what sixty thousand there. So and it's England's a, a bigger country. It's just honestly, I can't get my around it. Um, it, it. None of it makes sense. Um, you know, we were saying what the Loudon or, or other pubs are going to be full to watch the game, but outdoors, you know, you're not. You know, it's, it's, it honestly is crazy and uh, it stinks a little bit, if I've got to be honest. And then Doncaster did say as well um, that uh, there's no, you know, we get, as you said about the weather, the weather's just going to get worse. Do you know what I mean? So, and there's no, there's no um, fixtures space left, you know, to, to play it. It's honestly, it, I can't, I can't get mad around it. And then another one was to put the, to put the old film game on a Wednesday night. <laughs> you know, who, who thinks these things are? I, I can't understand it at all, to be honest with you.
0: Uh, just on that Old Firm game um, Police Scotland must have been having a great time reading that announcement but that's um, the announcement came that, or not the announcement but they're, they're saying caution that we may not even have fans back in for the Old Firm game and I made the point last week that I totally get like, try to prioritise having fans in the stadium for these games because it's a fan sport but well, you can't guarantee in three weeks' time that we will well be in. We may yeah. as well just play the games, and I don't hate to say it, I told you so, to Adrian Campbell last week. But I do.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I mean, for for me, just you knew it was coming. Um, you know, you you knew that we were obviously talking about what was going to happen. You knew something was going to change um, based on the noises that you were you were hearing um, from a angels' perspective. Um, it's not good timing for us. You know, we were happy to continue on and 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 play the games. Um, from a personal perspective, you know, I was I was meant to be going to the the Aberdeen game. Um, to managed to get myself um some tickets to go to that. Um, was planning a great wee day out, just similar to what your mates were doing, missing on Boxing Day. You know, was planning that for for what was happening, and it just obviously been taken away. So, for a personal point of view, it was a sore one. But I just think it it doesn't make sense for me because the reality is these cases and whatever else without getting into the whole Covid thing you know it's, it's unlikely to get better in a couple of weeks time Um, if, if the whole pandemic previous has taught us that two three weeks a uh, uh, break on something you know is, isn't going to cause it and the reality is as you say you know the pubs and that would have been full you know with, with people watching the games so it just doesn't it doesn't make sense um, because the reality is in three weeks' time they've not organised that old firm for for a Wednesday where they expect and say sixty thousand people at it you know I like think they know the reality of the situation and they're starting to drip feed that to us so it's disappointing because you might have, you might be going to the games um, but I just I, I sort of worry about the rest of the season in terms of two three weeks' time when they make a further decision what are they going to do are they going to continue stalling it or are they going to make it are they going to play it um, I mean I <laughs> There's this myth that kicks about that the Rangers are only good behind closed doors. I mean, we we have we've been amazing a season at different points. We've, we've only been beat once, you know, and and the league. So as a bit of a myth that, that we, we don't do well in front of a crowd. But you know, it's it's just frustrating. Um, and I just worry about the, the further decisions. And it certainly you know in terms of uh, Celtic, it, it suits them, don't they, uh, a A T. Um because I think initially they were talking about the impact of the fans and then the next post match interview their managers talking about looking forward to getting these best players back and getting people fit again. Um so I think there was definitely an agenda getting pushed there. Um but what can we do? You know, the, the only positive I can see from from this is that it gives Gio a couple of weeks, you know, extra to to work with the squad, which I think he he will appreciate and I think the players will. Um, but certainly, from a football fan perspective, um, I just uh, I don't really see what the the point was. of uh, even making any changes to it. But we'll see where it goes, as you say. Um, Colin. it's a country that loathes itself. Uh, I Minute, can it can't take you any good? You know, even watching Sky Sports, you're watching the darts at apple Parley and the crowd is absolutely good mental. You know, and then and then, as you say, you've got that game on the TV with 500 people so it doesn't make sense but pretty much like most of the pandemic a lot of decisions don't actually um, make a lot of sense when it comes to to the football but you know we can we just see what happens when it comes but I'm sure the players will be ready when the time comes to you know get back in Um, as long as they don't go to Dubai we'll be happy with that oh
1: (laughs) fuck no that's
0: (laughs) a band loving this podcast
1: (laughs) (laughs) let them go there though let them go there aye
0: But Mason, I think uh, Chris, like the point Chris touched on there um, about Geo having time on the on the pitch, I think we we need to look at any sort of positives, and this will be a massive one because I think, um, and we say that we've seen the tweaks that Geo's brought in, and the players have taken really well, and you know it's it's suiting the players and the talent we have. He's not made any wholesale changes to how we set up, but enough to see a difference. So, do you see? um, these next three weeks, what does that look like? Is that just more of the same small changes here and there, or do you really see Gio getting his stamp on it? We're doing something really different.
1: Um, I think. I think. Look, we've got to take the positives out at, at the same time. I said um, a few weeks ago that we'd be more than four points clear by the time we played them, and we are with six points now. So pressure's all on them chasing. You know what I mean? So for us, uh, we can hopefully get Halanda uh, fit as well. It gives us more time. I know bassi has been been brilliant at centre half, but. In my opinion, um I said previously, Holanda for me is the best center centre back at the club. So I think it's really important going into them games that we have in um as well. So I think that would be a big positive for us. And and yeah, it gives Van Robbers, well, how many days has he had on the training ground? I think we had eight days between the Dundee United game to St Mirren. Um, I think that's the longest he would have had with the players to, to be on the training ground. So it's, yeah, it's perfect timing for him to go in. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't expect us to be any different. Uh, maybe a couple of things that are um, a little bit different, but it also gives players that have not had a lot of game time, um your Bakunas, Lundströms, um, that we're going to need. We're going to need players because uh, we're going to pick up more injuries and suspensions, but to, to for him to have a look at them in training as well and think, right, he's at it. Um, and, and you know, and take take their chance when it comes, um, I think Aberdeen's, Aberdeen's the next game, so uh, maybe there'll be a surprise in there for that one.
0: So, leading on to the well, what, what other changes we might see, it's obviously the January transfer window is now open, and um, this is when everybody in the granny is linked with every player. Um, no, it's, there's a podcast in itself for the best uh, the best bullshit headlines. Like I remember when Paul Edwin became the manager, Zinedine Zidane and Sydney Goo were going to join Rangers, even though Zidane had retired. Um but that's for a later date. Um <laughs> Chris, I'll, I'll come to you first. So um before we look at the the transfers that could potentially come in, we've got a lot of talent on this Rangers side. So out with Brandon Barker, who are you most fear you're losing this <laughs>
2: We can't be losing Barker, no chance. <laughs> uh, I, I think if fear, fear man for me is definitely a Um I think if you know we we can't lose him. I don't think. I think he would be too hard to to replace. Uh, there isn't anybody. I, I think that that can. I know we're talking about Haji, maybe filling in that 10 position, but. I don't think he does it as well as Aribo. You know, if we're going to be honest, and particularly this season, Aribo's took his game up a level. I mean, realistic to understand that Aribo probably does want to go down to the Premier League and try it out. Um, you know, he's obviously came up here um, to to accelerate his development and do well and, and he's he's done amazing. I mean, to, to look at him for when he came in the door, to know it, it's a different player altogether. So I would be surprised if there was any interest for for Aribo from elsewhere. Um, but I really don't want to lose him in January. I think he's, he's crucial um, to to what we do, and hopefully he wants to stay and, and see the season out. But you know, reality is every player in footballs get got a price. Um, I was probably said out with Aribo. Um, I think probably teams will be interested in Kamara if you read you know some of the the, the press um, links and stuff. And again, if, if anything we've saw under Gio, that's his go-to man for that defensive middle. So I think Kamara would be would certainly be a loss, but. You know, if you had Ryan Jack fit, um, which obviously is, is is not always the case, um, I was actually talking about this today, you, you wouldn't actually be as gutted with Kamara going because you would have somebody else here, but you know, that's not the case. So I think those two, but the, the, the name that keeps, you know, flying up as a potential, you know, link is this obviously Nathan Patterson one to, to potentially Everton. Um so, I I would. I, I've got a lot of, you know, admiration for Parsons. things. A cracking player. I think he's going to do well in his career. But I just can't see him kind of get taken Tav away for that right back slot. So, I think if if we get, you know, people are talking twelve to fifteen million, if you're talking about that coming in, um, then you know that Tav's probably going to still be a right back anyway. So you couldn't blame him. But I think those three are probably the ones, um, that that would probably be the bigger names. But I do think under the radar. Geo will be probably looking to try and get rid of a few, get them off the wage bill and maybe look to make a few moves himself. Um, but certainly hanging on to Eribo for me is massive.
0: Just own I think. If Eribo was to see out the next six months, and perform the way he has performed, he should get um player of the year up here how Rangers get to fifty six. That's exactly the player model that we want to see, bring somebody in cheap for a like talent. And, you know, didn't pay too much for him, it was just a compensation fee a wee bit more on wages. But see the he's a role model for how we want to develop players because he's a completely different talent fee what will be signed. And then he'll get a big money move. That's um, A it's brilliant for Rangers. Um 'Cause we brought impact to it, we've got we've got our money's worth and, and more and then we get a money we get a sell on, a decent sell on fee. But also shows players like out with Scotland and England and and abroad that, uh, you know, Rangers is a club that you can come to and get a big move. And we need to be realistic, that's that has to be a big selling point. Uh I just hope it doesn't fucking happen in December. Uh January, sorry. Um if you can see it to to the summer, then perfect uh, fairy tale story in terms of signing. Mason, we were talking, this was mentioned about Nathan Patterson there, and it is such a hard one because it's arm in the camp that he, he, he doesn't get anywhere near uh, James Tavenier right now. I'm um, Not to say he won't develop any a better play, I think he will, eventually <coughs> won't much better than James Tavenier, Um but he's just not there right now. In terms of him going, going down to Everton, I um, we're looking at it from the Rangers, Rangers fans' point of view. For the English clubs, um, and Nathan Patterson himself, like, did does he get a game for Everton right now? Um, do, is, that a, is that a good move if you're an Everton fan?
1: Well, I used to be a fan of... Uh, I think Seamus Coleman was, was a, always a solid right-back for Everton, but I watched him... A couple of weeks ago um, against... I watched Everton, to be fair. They're not, not in great nick at the minute, but watch him against Palace, and like, he had an absolute man. I think he's done. Uh, I've got no doubt that if Patterson goes down, I think I think it's probably a good move for him in terms of I think he gets more game time in front of Coleman than he does in front of Tavernier, um, put it that way. Um, but I'd be gutted. I, I agree with Chris. I, I'd be really gutted to see him go, but if we get £15 million, um bidding... Um, in Jan, then I think he, I think he's away. I mean, look, Tavernier for me he's not going anywhere soon. I think I can see him staying there for. He's in good shape he, unless he gets a bad injury. He's going to be Rangers right back for another three four years. So um, Patterson's not going to get the game time and, and, and gutted because I think he's he's going to be a right good player. Um, what is he? Nineteen twenty and he's you know he's Scotland number one right back. Um, not just number one right back, but you're watching for Scotland and he's he's one of their better players. So um, but if we can get fifteen million, you know it's. I think in a couple of years we will get more. I think I think if we can get in the Champions League and we can play in the Champions League and we get the, the kind of price that um, Arsenal paid for Tierney, um, and I do I do believe that. But um, but I think yeah, Patterson, you got you got the English coming coming in for you. They're gonna they're gonna triple his what, quadruple his wages, um, and he's probably guaranteed more game game time at Everton, which which is mad. But. How you know? I had this debate with my dad and my granddad today. How can you take Tavernier out of out of our side? You know the numbers he gets weak. You know, and I, I don't know defensively he, he, he does. You know, make up some some mistakes. But since uh, Van bronck is coming, I think he looks more settled. as you said, Chris Elderly coming inside right. If we play have a proper winger, um, that could be another um, you know another position for him to go and play. So um, if I was to lose anyone, and I, I, I think someone will go this window. I think that's, especially if, if stadiums are going to be shut for a lot longer as well, that's going to be a big factor for us. We sold no one in the summer. Um, so at the minute, as, as Sadrador would seem to go, um, out of Kamara, um, Aribo, and um, Patterson, if I'm being honest, Patterson, as long as the price is right, um, it would make the most sense. Yeah,
0: and I think, um, I think there's a few things that are maybe from a fan point of view is we didn't is leading down that dark path that he might go. Um, first point, um, the Rangers board, are very, rightly or wrongly, they have that price that they will sell somebody for, and they're not fucking budging at all. And we've seen that with Morelos, seen that with Patterson in the summer. So I, I don't think we'll get bullied into getting low But in terms of Patterson going down and getting game time... Um, I think Billy Gilmore's got the answer for because now, if you're coming f- through the Rangers Academy or any Academy Scotland, if you have enough belief in your your talent, you look at Billy Gilmore and he, he was on the verge of the Chelsea team. He's now, well I know Norwich fans are mental, but that's probably because they're all brothers and sisters marrying <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I hope you've heard the Norwich listening. Um, but you know, Billy Gilmore is that example that you know you don't need to go to League One, then the Championship, then the Premier League. You know, if you're confident in your ability, you can go down and play there. And I think if you're Nathan in right now, I ah, you'd be you'd be mad not to fancy your chances at a club like Everton. I
2: ah, without a doubt. I mean, I think um, Everton are a massive club. I've got a few pals that are Everton fans, long-suffering Everton fans, um, and they're obviously devastated with Rafa, but he has been there. Um, they they say that it's just as bad as Neil Lennon coming to us, but I doubt it. Um, (laughs) But I think he um, either devastated that point, and they've been, I've watched him as well, Mason at times, and they've they've been poor um, at points. But then at different points, actually, they started off all right. But I think Partson for me, without a doubt, what I say to them was he's good enough. He's he's certainly good enough to go down there and get a bash. Um and you you've see, you don't just see it with us, you know, you see it when he when he is playing for Scotland, you know, you can see it. Um and I just think he needs that opportunity. He needs to be playing games. Um and I think I think you've saw it even with Gio, I think Gio's obviously saw the talent and he's trying to bring him on at the right wing and that at different points, obviously, to try and see if there's a way you can shoehorn him in. And the ta- his biggest issue at Rangers is nothing to do with his ability. It's just the fact that it's a captain Tavernier that's that's ahead of him. Um, if he played in any other position, you're you're seeing him getting a lot more game time. Um, but no, I think he's good enough. Um, and he would get you know all the best wishes. I think for for myself, I'd be absolutely gutted if we sold him for you know less than the, the numbers that we're talking about. Um, and I would be gutted if we never put a sale on Fion because I think he's he's definitely at levels. I think Um, um but we'll, we'll we'll see obviously how it goes and how it um, goes in January. But I do agree with Mason. I think somebody will go um, in January just as long as it's not Ebo. Well, so. the one
1: the one as well is is uh, with not with not is Galton. he's He can sign for for, for nothing, can he? For, for clubs uh, in the next couple of days, so he'd uh, be one that. Um, you know, if, if someone comes in, um two, two, three million, what do we do there? Do you know what I mean? We've got a lot of people would say, Oh no, we need to keep him to win the league. But if if, if we get that kind of money come in three million pounds and we can go and replace him, then you know, that could be another one to watch uh, his this window. I
2: think it would be I, I just think in, it, in terms of we we what we saw with for for came back in, um, maybe Golden you know, pre-go, you would be thinking, "Where is his head at?" Um, but certainly, he looks a lot more focused just now. Um, I would, I would be concerned if we sold him, to be honest, in January because it's it unsettles. You know, potentially what we've got, um, and we're, we're scrapping just now for defend a centre back, but we would need to replace him, obviously. But it would be interesting. It's a good point though to see what he does with his contract now because obviously it's been rumbling on um probably won't get resolved anytime soon. Um but I I think it'd be interesting to see if what what Rangers do if they do get a bid in though. As you say for a couple of million, two, three million, what Geo thinks obviously. Um but Goldson, he's another one that can kinda of split the fans at different points, can't he? Um some of his decisions is baffling sometimes, but he really is I think the rock in that in that defence when he's on his game. Um, but I agree again. Were we you mentioned about your point about Erlinder? I think he's the best defender at the club. Um, but obviously his injuries. So not be interesting to see if uh, if that does get uh, you know somebody tries to put a bid in for him to try and uh, Aston Villa, you know, for example, maybe try and come in and uh, take him for a couple a million. But I would I would like to see him see his contract with because I think he's going to be important for the rest of the season. But we'll see how that one develops.
0: I can't believe none of these are comfortable with Bassi and Simpson starting the centre half. At <laughs> <laughs> I think he's an absolute complete pessimist. Um, <laughs> I've made my feelings known. But the uh, more serious note, um, coming on to the, the two names that we were going to talk about, um, potential coming in, one is a centre half, um, John Souter. So uh, Mason usually brought him up um, uh, on a pod a couple of weeks ago. And I think. I think my issue with John set right now is he doesn't get in ahead of Golson, Hilander or Balogun. But I'm going to be a bit more pragmatic right now because Golson may go, Hilander and Balogun may be cause a concern for injury. So I think it's... Take a point and go for John Suter who I do think is a is a decent centre half at this level. She's not better than what we have, so do we go for a, a John Suter or do we look to bring Katic back? Um, Where are you sitting with this?
1: Um, I'm actually a fan of, of Souter. I know uh, yourself and, and Graham who was on, uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, wasn't wasn't too too keen, but I think he's um, he's, he's he's actually really good with his ball at his feet, which is something you don't say about Scottish centre half. Um, and he, and he's good in the air. I, I think for the money that it would take to get John Souter, um, and you've just said there. With Simpson and Bassy at the minute as cover now. Uh has been brilliant. Um he, he might be a centre half for years to come. The way he's performed, you know, he's still young, he's strong, he's good in the air, um and he's, he's he's got a really good left foot. And I think that's actually what what what's good for us at the minute is we've got well when Hellender comes back as well, he plays on the left hand side, but you've got Goldson who can hit balls that way and he's really good here, and you can Bassie who, who can play out quick with his left foot as well. Um but I think John Souter would suit would suit us um, and for the money it would cost Scottish as well, if we get in the Champions League, we're gonna need more Scottish based players. Um, I think it's a no-brainer. If we can shift Jack Simpson um, uh, this window, I would go and get John John Suter, yeah, definitely.
0: Chris, I think um, for me, I'd be more than comfortable with a Holander Suter partnership, for example. Um, I'd be fitness. um, But, I don't know, is it a case that you need a Suter and a a first name in the team sheet, centre-half, if Golson goes
2: I, it would be interesting to see if I I would like you to go for Souter, to be honest, I think for loads of points with the Scottish link obviously. Um any in terms of trying to get him in in that Champions League squad we're gonna need players that, that, that obviously have been through um Scottish teams. But I watch him for hearts. You know, I don't watch hearts all the time, um, but I watch him for hearts and sometimes he looks really, really good, really, really composed and other times he gets kinda of caught, you know, and uh, a wee bit but watch him maybe not to the levels of... Ryan Porteous does, but certainly kind of gets caught. You know, maybe watching the ball. Um, so I think there's, there's obviously he's not a complete package. You know, but I think. Um, I would take him still, I think, if especially on, on the cheap um, free transfers or whatever. I think that would be a good shout. Um, my only worry with Souter is, is his injuries, is, is the kind of injury history. Um, and it's been big injuries, into. it? It's been ones that's kept him out for a bit and reoccurring ones. So I think that would probably be the big question mark over, over Souter. But, you know, like we say, it's not as if you're going to be going out and spending, you know, your four or five million or whatever to try and bring him in. A no brainer for me. Um, I think the best Rangers teams that we've watched, you know, under Walter Smith and um they have always picked up the, the, the sort of best of the rest players in the rest of the league to, to kind of bulk up the squad and um I think that would be a smart move if, if we went for them. Um, whether or not that's your sort of number one, number two centre half, I'm not sure. Um but certainly we should be I'd imagine we'll be we'll be doing planning for goals and leaving. Um, no, and if Suter's that, that plan, Suter and hellander for me seems alright to be honest. Suter and Simpson. No, no so much. <laughs> no it's not Simpson bashing, but certainly he he's no got it um to, to make the grade at Rangers Sank. We've saw that um in a number of occasions. Um but I would be happy with happy with Suter,
0: With Suter, it's only fair to call it he's still relatively young for a center half as well. He's twenty five and um and I think uh, you've kind of sold it there, Chris, where you mentioned his injury. It's the most dangerous thing in the world to sign an injury poem where well, it's just written in the starts. It goes hand in hand with the red, white, and blue. So no doubt he'll be here in January now. That you mentioned <laughs> that. Um, so, other, other name, um, we'll come on to before we wrap up. Um, I'll be honest. Mason, I, I don't know too much about this guy other than the hype. But it's been that I've heard about with media and other Rangers podcasts. Um, the boy looks like somebody you'd sign you know, on football manager. He's got a Jack and Barnett, PSG <laughs> wonder kid, Javi Simon.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I've I've uh, I've never seen him. Um, I can't say I've watched a lot of. Um, PSG youth but um yeah he's he's got a lot of pedigree um and there's some big clubs after him as well um i think it would be to get him it would be exciting um but i don't know what kind of wages he'd want and uh would it be a loan or you know i'm i'm not too sure but um if he does come in then it'd be interesting because i think he is a number 10 um unless, I, I, I think i already he's a he number 10 so that would be interesting in terms of a rebo and and how that would kind of does Arriba go back to the eight, or you know what what happens there? But um, yeah, it's, it's, it, to me, it's actually quite exciting. From someone, um, you know, from a different market, I think uh, Van Bronckhorst will be looking. I don't think he'll be looking down south at all, to be honest. I think um, Holland and, and, and Denmark are going to be two two places that that, um, that Van Bronckhorst will be looking in. So it, it is exciting. But yeah, exactly Simmons, uh, I can't give you a lowdown on on him, to be honest.
0: I think what. What's interesting about this is most of the reports um have came from foreign papers or foreign news outlets, so primarily the French and Dutch. Um so it makes you think there might be something to that there is interest, but going back to the the Rangers shortlist of players they plan for every possible eventuality and this short list of players should be 120 uh players deep. So if Rangers have initiated contact, that could be as much as how much of his wages? Oh, fuck, never mind. That's that <laughs> Um just uh, I think if anything realistically it might be owned with maybe getting for six months just with the the kind of hype around this guy and the clubs that are interested in him. Um do you know much about him?
2: No, I don't um personally. Um but when I had obviously spoke with my son when we were getting linked to him. He told me he was a wonder kid on uh, FIFA Football Manager, so that's it. He's he's, he's going to be the next Freddy I do, but I think um, I I don't know much about the boy to be honest. But I do th- I agree. Um, Mason, I think we'll be seeing different markets getting explored under Gio, and I'm all for that because um, he'll be trying to kind of dip into. And the boy's Dutch, isn't he? If I'm right, yeah. the, the the boy. Um, so we've obviously got a wee bit of a link there, um, which might put us ahead. Gio's probably, as soon as he, the, the contact was made about the job, he's probably got plans and he's head right away about, first and foremost, the squad that's there. But who can I bring in? Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's been, been making moves already, you know, behind the scenes to try and see what's happening. Um, but no, it'd be, it'd be exciting, I think, um, to bring somebody like that in, particularly if they're, you know... One of the next big things or whatever, um, and if if we if we manage to get him, then then great. But we we'll just need to. I don't know much about him to to be honest with you. Um, it's a shame that I know more about John Souter than I know about this boy. But I suppose <laughs> that's that Scottish Ripper for you. <laughs> um, but no, if he's if he's got you know that potential, there, he, he, what a club to come and fulfil it. At, you know, even for a couple of years. Um, we've done no bad when we've signed um boys for for sorta that of have played in PSG before, you know, we are tight, on the links. So I think if aye, it's, it'll be interesting to see if we can get that one over the line. But as you say, that the the interesting part for me is it's not coming for the Scottish press, it is it's coming for the, the European one. So there's definitely something in it. Um how much legs it's got I suppose we'll find out in the next few weeks, but I'd imagine we'll be getting linked to all sorts of names shortly.
0: Aye, silly season is about to begin. Um, So I think that's as good a time as any to wrap it up um, for the last podcast of the year. Um, Before we do, just a thanks for my two guests coming on, Mason. Um, Thank you and tell the listeners what what you're wishing for in 2022.
1: 56. Uh, easy 56 and, and actually an, a, Hamden, a Hamden final win would be nice as well because I can't remember the last time I was young um, but no yeah thanks for having me on again Colin and uh, nice to meet you Chris um, great input and I uh, hope everyone has a really good new year
0: Chris a solid debut as Mason said thanks very much for coming on any well wishes for 2022
2: I just same. no thanks guys cheers for the um, chance to come on and talk about Rangers and enjoyed it um Mixing up the, the sort of festive period has been good to come on and chat about it. Um, for myself, no, same. Just Rangers Day and Rangers Day. Hopefully starting to kick on in the, the January after we come back. Hopefully get the crowd back in. You know, it's massive, massive going to Ibrox, you know, every couple of weeks and getting to those away days, away days when you get the tickets in. So uh, it's, it's huge. You know, And for that to be taken away, I hope that's not the case moving forward. So onwards and upwards in the next year. But uh, cheers for, for letting us on, guys.
0: And last but not least at all, thank you to everybody who's listening, not just tonight, um, all the way throughout the the last year. Um, it's been a it's been a tough year. Um, for for everybody, uh, we'll appreciate all your support. And the biggest thing is, hope you and all your loved ones are safe and you have a nice time. As much as nice a time as you can have um, when the new year comes. And echoing the the boys, the boys' thoughts. Here's to fifty-six. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.